Welcome to the Calvary Podcast, a ministry of Calvary Episcopal Church recorded live in Memphis. The Calvary Podcast is weekly sermons, but also conversations, reflections, and provocations about the mystery of God and what it means to be human in the world in need of repair. Let's go back a little bit. All the widows stood beside Peter, weeping and showing tunics and other clothing that Dorcas, a.k.a. Tabitha, had made while she was with them. Every now and then, the stories from the Bible seem so completely relatable to me. Now, I know that all of Scripture is full of humans doing their fumbly human best to stay in relationship with God, but sometimes the stories seem a little distant. I don't know that much about sheep and animal husbandry. And my visions aren't often of angels and thrones, and I've never once walked in the portico of Solomon. I have been sad, however, and I have said, look what she made. Here are the smocked dresses my grandmother made for us. Here is the book my professor read and underlined. Here are the letters my friend wrote to me that I keep in a box. Here are the pictures of them on their wedding day. Look, look at this evidence that they were here, that they made something, that they gave something to this world. This is what these widows, these friends of Tabitha's are doing, and I get this. They are saying to Peter, look at the tunic, the stitching. Look at this that she made. Clothing that was practical, but also clearly more. Lovely, lovingly made. Look, Peter, don't you see that Tabitha's life mattered to us? But it's actually already been revealed to us. An earlier spoiler in the reading, another small clue about the impact of Tabitha's quiet little life. Did you catch it? Now in Joppa, there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha. A disciple. A disciple whose name was Tabitha. She wasn't one of the twelve. But she was a disciple. This is the only time a woman is named in Scripture as a disciple. The only feminine use of the word disciple. I don't happen to believe that makes her the only female disciple who ever was, just the only one included in the written records. It's so nonchalant the way Luke drops it in. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha. Just another disciple. This one named Tabitha, or Dorcas in the Greek. We know she was a seamstress, generous, a good friend, and a disciple. We know all of this about Tabitha because at the end of her life, her life mattered to her community and to Peter. Look, see the tunics? 
Look, see what she gave her charity. Look, see her good works. Look, see how she learned to love the world. Still, there is much more that we don't know about Tabitha, about her quiet little life, and how she became this person whose life touched so many that Peter is summoned and drawn into this miraculous moment. For instance, how did she even become a sewer of garments? Probably another woman in her family or neighborhood took her in as an apprentice when she was a girl. She learned first simple stitches, practiced some hymns, some basic mending, until she could tackle piecing together cloth to make tunics and other garments. And at some point, she became a seamstress in her own right, seemingly of some renown. Look at these tunics, they said. Look at how well made. Look at the small flourishes she tucked into the otherwise plain clothing. Look at how she made these everyday items, her own creations, marked, it seems, as only Tabitha could. What she learned to do was evident in the tunics and the other clothing she made while she was with them. But she was also a student of more than stitching. To be a disciple is literally to be a learner. Rachel Held Evans describes discovering with some joy that being a disciple isn't about being an expert or a preacher, a lecturer, or leader. Instead, it derives from the Latin word desere, to learn. So how did Tabitha become a disciple, a learner of the ways of Jesus? Probably the same way she became a seamstress, at the side of someone else. Joppa isn't that far from the towns and the roads that Jesus traveled. Did someone come telling the tales, repeating the stories? Or might she have heard him herself sneaking away from work one day, joining a crowd in a field? It's impossible to say. But like learning to sew, it's imaginable that she learned a little bit at first, wrestled with a parable, or sat with someone he had healed. Maybe later she heard more of his life and teaching or of his impossible death and resurrection. And she wove it all into what she experienced of the world. Until at some point in Joppa, there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha. We know that Tabitha was a learner, one of those who learned the way of Jesus. And this learning showed in her life and her good works and her generosity and how she learned to love the world. Rachel Held Evans reminds us that actually we're all learners. Like Tabitha, we've all learned so much and so often at the side of someone else. Maybe you've learned how to sew, or how to swim, or how to drive a car, or how to bake, how to say I'm sorry, how to Zoom, 
how to speak another language, how to start over, how to love. It works best when we have a really good teacher. It works best when we approach learning with curiosity and wonder, when we are open, humble, aware of all that we do not know, ready to be taught. We learn a little bit at a time, small steps, letting the ideas build piece by piece until we can say, look, look at what I made. Look at what I can do now. Look at how I have changed. We are all disciples, actually just like Tabitha, because we are all learners. To be a disciple is to live in the world as a student, to live with humility, knowing how much you and I don't know yet. To be a disciple is to learn to love the world. To be a disciple is to live with curiosity and a willingness to be changed by what we encounter. To be a disciple is to live open to God, open to how God might show up and reveal new things. Not to already be an expert or a leader, a preacher, I know, I know, or a lecturer, but one who listens, who asks questions, aware of all that is beyond us. There is so much that is beyond us. There's so much I don't know. Geopolitics, bird migration patterns, how vaccines are made, where poems come from, and to learn about the ways of God is to remember with even greater humility that sewing buttons is one thing, mending hearts is another. We can, though, learn about all of it if we are willing to make ourselves disciples and to learn anew each day. And here's one more thing about learning, y'all. In his book, The Once and Future King, T.H. White has the wizard Merlin explain, the best thing for being sad is to learn something. The best thing for being sad is to learn something. If this is true, and I think it might be, one of the ways that Jesus calls to us from the grief and brokenness of our lives is with this invitation to learn, to become a disciple again and again, to learn and to unlearn and to relearn. When we are each feeling lost and ready to surrender, we are encouraged to discover more about the world, more about ourselves, more about the ways of God. The best thing for being sad is to learn something. Despairing about the state of things? Anyone else? No, just me? Despair? Anyone? 
Okay, just me. All right, that was awkward. Uh, okay, so maybe you're not, but if someday you find yourself despairing about the state of things, try learning something. Learn about Ukraine, its people, its history. Learn about those bird migration patterns. Learn who is doing the work and how you can help. Learn how to mend something that's broken. Learn about the legislative process. Learn to play the cello. Learn the parables. Learn the psalms. The invitation to be a learner of the ways of God, to be a disciple, a student of Christ, this is an invitation to learn about the healing and wholeness that is possible, a chance to learn what can be mended, made new. When we are curious and wondering about what the teachings of Jesus might mean for us, for this world of ours, we open ourselves and learn something that might just help us meet our sadness and the world's sadness, a little more hope and faith to learn how to love the world all over again. Now in Joppa, there was a disciple whose name was Tabitha. She learned about Jesus and she learned what was possible and she built her quiet little life around what she learned. It changed her and the world around her. Like Tabitha, we can learn from Jesus, learn something of the ways of God, and maybe not ever fully comprehend those things, and yet still be changed in the learning. Changed in ways that others say, look, look at what he made. Look, look at how she loved. Look, look at what we learned about God from her quiet little life. If you're curious about Calvary Episcopal Church, we are an eclectic bunch of Christian people who don't all think the same thoughts or dress the same way or vote for the same candidates or even believe all the same things about the mystery of God and what it means to be human. But we do believe that we need each other because of our differences, not in spite of them, and that God calls us into unity, not uniformity. Subscribe to the Calvary Podcast at calvarymemphis.org slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Visit Calvary in person at the corner of 2nd and Adams in the heart of downtown Memphis, Tennessee.